From Gimlet Media, this is Startup. I'm Lisa Chow. And if you've been listening to the show, you know we've been following the highly controversial founder and ex-CEO of American Apparel, Dove Charney. I've been reporting on Dove for months, and I got to know his idiosyncrasies pretty quickly, like how he shares his mansion with a bunch of kids in their 20s, but basically never socializes, and how he works constantly, but won't keep a calendar, and gets by on endless cups of Nescafe. Dove is unconventional in lots of little ways. And then there are the bigger ways, like the story he told one of our producers, Caitlin Roberts, a few months back. Okay, one time, I had an employee, like, punch me in the nose to a bleed. Seriously. He's just like, boom! And I was bleeding all over my face, you know? And I said, I'm not going to fire a guy for punching me in the face. No way. I'm born in 1969, you know? A guy takes a swing at me, this politically correct crap, you know what I mean? I'm a man. He had a reason. No, he ain't going anywhere. So what did you do after that guy punched you in the face? So we're going back to work on Monday. That's it. We're going to figure it out. We move forward. That's the man that I was, you know, taught to be. Or you could be a woman, same thing, a little different, but, you know, whatever. And if that happened today, if someone decided to take a swing at me, you know, I mean, it's okay. I can handle it. That's what it is to be a boss sometimes, is to take those punches and, and you know, feel that. Uh, I'm not condoning violence or anything, you know. I, I mean, it wasn't so fun to get punched in the face. But, that, but, yeah, you punch the boss in the face, so you automatically get fired? No. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, just, I just don't quite understand that. Like, what's the, where's the line? Well, I mean, it, it was like maybe if he cut my arm off or something. <laughs> just like, I don't care about that stuff. I can't imagine any other CEO saying, I'm not going to fire that guy who just punched me in the face. But Dove values passion. And in Dove's world, if an employee is passionate about his or her work, so passionate that they'll punch the boss in the face, maybe they shouldn't be fired. That's Dove logic. And even though stories like this sound pretty crazy, people believed in Dove's vision. They told me they were drawn in by his charisma, his energy. Dove managed to bend the rules of the world around him, and he got others to buy into ideas that in any other workplace would seem unimaginable. One of the most striking ways Dove defied normal workplace rules was in his relationships with women. And Dove's relationships with women were full of contradictions. He surrounded himself with women, promoting them to the highest levels of power at American Apparel, while also sleeping with many of them. Dove's relationships with women altered the way the public viewed him and American Apparel. And many people say they created lasting challenges that could also affect his new venture. Today on the show, we talk to people who were in those relationships, and others both inside and outside the company who were affected by them. And just a quick warning, there's some swearing in this episode and some sexual content. Is it an apartment though? I don't know. A couple months ago, producer Luke Malone and I flew to St. Louis to meet a woman named Trudy Fogarty Hayden. 
Trudy lives with her husband and three young kids in a stately brick apartment building on a tree-lined street. Wow, this is a beautiful building. It almost like it looks historic, is it? Yeah, it's over 100 years old. We walk upstairs to her apartment. Trudy's a photo stylist, and her home feels old-fashioned. There are floral prints, mirrors with ornate frames painted gold. It's very clean. Trudy's life is a lot different than what it was eight years ago when she was living in California. You know, I had a young son at that time and had recently split up with my son's dad. And I was just, like, so determined to stand by my decision to have my son and to be able to support him and to be the best mom. Trudy was 18 years old, supporting her one-year-old son. She had a job as a sales clerk at the American Apparel Closeout store, where slightly damaged clothes would sell for cheap. That's where she met Dove. He came in one of those nights and uh, was super excited, had just landed from Montreal, and, you know, I thought he had a ton of energy, and he's kind of childlike and was kind of goofy and... Um, definitely not what I pictured as a CEO of a company. Dove wanted to make some changes to the store. So Trudy and Dove started working together. Dove gave her more responsibility, and pretty soon, she was managing several stores in the Pacific Northwest. I think he really believed in me and put in the, like, the time and the energy to teach me a lot about about business, about retail, about manufacturing. I feel like me, along with a lot of other young people, um, especially young women, had, like he totally empowered us and supported us in a way that I just don't think happens very uh, often. How would you describe your relationship with Dove at the time that you were at American Apparel? First off, as a, my boss and as a mentor. Um, secondly, as a really good friend. And then for a period of time, I did have, like, a more intimate relationship with him. When Trudy and Dove got involved, Trudy was a 19-year-old sales clerk. Dove was a 40-year-old CEO. And the relationship developed the way a lot of relationships do. Dove called and texted her more often. They flirted. They were also spending a lot of time together on the road, traveling from store to store. And then one day, they slept together. What did I think after the fact? I was kind of wondering, like, uh, is this going to continue? Is this just kind of like a one-time thing? Or, you know, there are a lot of rumors that circulated about Dove being with a lot of girls or whatever. So I thought, like, uh, shoot, like, was I just another one of those girls? But, like, you know, he, like, called me the next day and called me the next day and, um, you know, realized that he wasn't interested in just, like, a one-time experience. Was there ever a moment where you're like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be in a relationship with Dove, like a sexual relationship with Dove, because, you know, Dove's my boss. Did you feel conflicted? Yeah, I definitely was, you know, at first I was like, you know, this is just bizarre, and I didn't really picture myself doing that. And, uh, you know, like, I'm not ashamed of that, but I'm super cautious about it because, you know, I worked really hard for what I had at American Apparel, and it's really easy for someone to be able to dismiss that as just a dove girl or whatever. A dove girl. It's a phrase I've heard many times from former American Apparel employees. And people defined it differently. Some used it to describe a female employee in a sexual relationship with dove. Others said a dove girl was a muse, 
a person who inspired Dove's creativity, but wasn't necessarily sleeping with him. People told me that a Dove girl got a lot of benefits. Dove would shower them with gifts or give them big projects. But I also heard that Dove would criticize these Dove girls just as much as he would some guy in the accounting department. Either way, many former employees told me it was well known that when Dove ran American Apparel, he was in sexual relationships with several employees at the same time. And many of these women worked together. When Trudy modeled for American Apparel, she was photographed by one of Dove's longtime girlfriends. Sometimes Trudy worked at Dove's house, and she'd run into women living there who were also in relationships with Dove. I've spent hours talking with some of these women. They're friendly, thoughtful, warm. But the situation they were in was outside anything I had ever experienced in my 10 years reporting on business. I had a hard time understanding how it all felt so normal to them. What was the conversation between, like, you and his other partners? I mean, like, did you ever talk about him? Because you you all kind of knew him in this different way, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I was, like, really good friends with one of the girls for a long time. And, um... And we, like, kind of talked about it and kind of joked about it. And I think we were, like, aware that this is kind of strange, but also pretty normal in our, like, daily life. And uh, it's, it's almost strange to, like, recount it now, especially when I haven't in so long, because now it sounds more strange to me than it did then. Like, now I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. But, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's harder to explain it in terms when you're like, well, It's just how I felt then, you know? It's hard to articulate that. Like, was there ever a conversation when you did become intimate where it was like, okay, here's the deal, like, this is how it works? Or, 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 do you know what I mean? Like, because if you're going in with the expectation of like, oh, I'm going to marry this person, or, you know, yeah, I'm going to be his one and only love, I mean, it's like you're going to feel burned afterwards. It was super clear from the beginning. Like, there was no question of it's just going to be me. And, um... You know, like, we're all young girls and having our fun as well. So how I envision my life is always to to end up in a monogamous relationship, and I'm married now. But at that time in my life, it was just um, an experience, and it was casual and fun in that sense. But not everyone took their relationship with Dove so lightly. There was not a time that I felt more passionately in love with someone, and that's really the truth of it. This is Amy Talabazade, who worked as a product developer at American Apparel. Unlike Trudy, Amy didn't consider her relationship with Dove just casual and fun. She was 23 years old when she started working at the company. She took a part-time job as a sales clerk to help pay back her student loans. I actually met Dove in a store, and I watched him from afar. I read every article online, and I was like, what are you doing? You cannot like a person. Like, like you cannot like the CEO. You work here. Like, it was just... Did you talk to friends about your crush? I mean, it sounds like you had a crush. <laughs> oh, man, I had such a crush. I, I, I couldn't. I felt like I could No one would understand me. No one. They'd be like, Amy, this is... Did, did you Google his name and look at his images? Like, come on. I, you know, I felt like everyone would try to talk me out of it. Mm-hmm. But there was an attraction and I had to pursue it. You know, I remember being so excited and happy to be with him. <laughs> Here, my producer, Luke Malone, breaks in. You getting like teary? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to. <laughs> it's just so... Yeah, I haven't, like, disclosed any of this information, so it's, it can be a bit much. 
it's like it's like a mixture of like happiness. I can't believe I'm finally saying this and like putting it out there. It's a mixture of really coming to terms with like that moment in my life and being okay about it. You know, like it, it was a lot for me to want to come out and say in my 20s, like, yeah, you're so unsure and you're so worried about what other people think, but it's like, okay, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care because it was something that I genuinely wanted. And you can judge it all you want, but it's my life. Amy said she dated Dove for a year. She introduced him to her parents. She thought of him as her boyfriend. In some ways, what she described seemed like a totally normal relationship. They'd go out to eat, see movies. In other ways, their relationship seemed anything but normal. Amy said when she was dating Dove, she lived in his house with several other women in their 20s. She didn't say whether these other women were also sleeping with Dove, but she says it was a really competitive environment. I felt like it was being in a house with a bunch of alpha females, like just all of us very dominating presence, all wanting our, like, this, this is who I am, I'm important, like we're all important in our own way. At times we could like step on each other's territory or whatever you want to call it. Um, I could have been more friendly, but, uh, you know, it's also competitive. And, and how many, how many of these kind of young, competitive alpha females alpha were there? Females. <laughs> alpha females, oh God. Um, there's at least four in the house. And then there might be like one that might get flown in, stay for the week, get flown out. You know, and then hearing about their reputations before like getting to know them, oh my God bunch of alpha females in their 20s who think they're all so great. Many people we talked to told us that all those relationships could lead to conflict. I've heard stories about physical fights, employees pitted against each other, and someone who in a fit of rage tried to drive her car into Dove's house. This car thing, it happened twice with two different women. It wasn't just the women in relationships with Dove who were affected by the drama. Marsha Brady was one of the creative directors at American Apparel. She's Dove's age, and she said that when Dove and his girlfriends got into arguments, she was sometimes called in to mediate. He would call me and say, oh God, this girl, and she left, and she, she's yelling at me, and I'm scared, and I'm worried, like, what if she, this and that, and can you call her? And I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go again. Another employee I talked to, a guy named Ryan Holiday, worked at American Apparel in his 20s. He said Dove's relationships stalled company projects. You know, you could work for months on some advertising campaign, and it could be hours from going live, and then, or it could be live, and then you could get an email from someone with the CEO and your boss CC'd on it saying that they hate it and... All of a sudden, it's like, it doesn't matter how good you are at your job. What really matters is what an uninformed 20-year-old desperate for someone's approval and to carve out a role for themselves inside the company, all that really matters is what they think of your work and how you manage to get along with that person. So did this happen to you? Dozens of times, hundreds of times. 
not from hundreds of people, but I would say that was probably one of the most common problems. Does that give you a picture? Did you ever confront Dove? Well, there's a, you know, there's a power differential, right? Like a 23-year-old working at a company is not in a position to challenge the CEO, owner, and chairman of that company on their personal behavior. You know, there really weren't that many people in a position who could say something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's uh, it's so tricky. It's like, even when you say that, like a 23-year-old, you're not in a position to challenge the CEO. I mean, I'm just thinking about like, you know, women who were 19 and 20. Sure. That, you know, Dove is showing interest in sexually. Right. Yeah, and that's sort of what I mean. The same environment that they're in is the same environment that all employees are in. Dove's behavior also got him into legal trouble. In 2005, four women sued Dove for sexual harassment. In one of the suits, a former employee said Dove once called her into his office with a coworker and gave them both vibrators, saying, quote, it's great during sex. In another suit, an employee said Dove showed up to a sales meeting wearing nothing but a sock on his penis. He said he was modeling a new product. Dove has denied he ever sexually harassed anyone, and he's declined to comment on these lawsuits. Three women settled. The fourth asked a judge to dismiss her case. Dove's sexuality was on display at American Apparel. Several people said he made sexual gestures in the office— Another employee who worked in the web department said he saw numerous photos on the company server of different American apparel models giving Dove oral sex. Dove also refused to comment on these claims. The work environment at American Apparel was so sexualized that Dove's employees couldn't always judge what was and wasn't appropriate. Tacey Webb, the employee who helped Dove launch the retail business, told us this story. She was in Portland, and one day, she saw this local blog where American Apparel would sometimes run ads. And there was a photo of Dove um, completely exposed, like full frontal. The picture had been up for a long time. And like, believe it or not, believe it or not, no one knew if that was like okay with him or not. It wasn't okay with me, but because it got to the level where nothing's shocking, like nothing sh- nothing was shocking, everything goes, a lot of people just thought it wouldn't be a big deal that it was up there. So I called and I said, there's a photo of you on a blog and your penis is out. And he said, what? Oh no, what? Are you kidding me? Oh my God, how did that get up there? Oh my God, take it down, get a call them up, take it down, this is awful. Right? It was like upside down world. The only person that knew the rules anymore was Dove. We got a taste of that ourselves. One day, my producer Caitlin Roberts and I were out with Dove recording while he took photos around the city. We got back to his house sometime that afternoon and went up to Dove's bedroom, where he holds a lot of meetings. The walls are covered in notes, scribbled on scraps of paper. He writes business projections and dry erase marker on his mirrors. And he has a desk where that day he was uploading photos to Facebook. Pictures of neighborhood signs, a donut stand, an elementary school mural. So I'll show you how I do it. You, okay. So, okay, so like I'll take one of the photos. He points to a photo of one of his garment workers. 
This is my favorite sour. Like her look, I love her look. She's always looking good. We look through some more photos. Then Duff stood up from his desk. I think I'm going to lie down for a bit, if that's okay. You guys could lie down beside me if you want. But if you don't have to leave if you don't want to, or you guys can relax. Do whatever you want. We'll be downstairs. Okay. So, was that offer a joke? Or was Dove being serious? In Dove's world, where the lines are so blurry, it's hard to tell. Joking or not, I don't think any business book would tell you that showing up to meetings half naked and sleeping with lots of employees is good management strategy. But on this issue, Dove is adamant. His sleeping with employees, it's not a big deal. I think it's normal. I think it's private. I don't, I, I think that society's too judgmental about it. And it, it's either going to be don't ask, don't tell, or it's going to happen overtly. It's almost unavoidable because what the heart wants, the heart wants. Do you think it was the right decision for the company, for American Apparel? What was the right decision? For you to be involved intimately with, with employees. Well, first of all, you, you're, you're making this supposition. Maybe there was, maybe there wasn't. Maybe it was 10 years ago. It's really private. And that's what I would tell your listeners, that nobody should be asking you or you shouldn't be required to talk about your personal life with anyone. And... Don't bother. Don't feel the need to defend it. It's your privacy, and it's important. I think the way that I lived and the way that my employees lived was natural and normal and a reflection of the workplaces that exist in Los Angeles today. So you just said you said normal and natural, and I'm just wondering, so would you, would you have called it conventional? Yes, it is conventional. It is conventional. From the outside, this behavior sounds anything but conventional. A 40-something-year-old CEO of a company that was worth nearly a billion dollars, sleeping with several of his much younger employees. But the surprising thing is when you speak to people on the inside of American Apparel, they say it didn't seem that unusual. They point to all of the ways Dove's unconventional management style was good for the company. They talk about Dove's commitment to sweatshop free, made in America. And they say at almost every senior level, there were women in charge. The head of wholesale, the head of retail, the two heads of creative, all women. Tina Puglisi started her career at American Apparel. Her first job was in accounting. Then she went on to design jewelry. Later, she shot videos. She's now working at Dove's new company. Tina says she was never in a relationship with Dove. But she has friends who were. I just think that people are people are grown-ups. That's how I feel. And if you want to, if you know that it's probably not a good idea to get involved with your boss, because it's probably not, and you choose to do it anyways, like you're choosing to do that. Like I it's not my business. Like if if you want to be a part of that chaos, go for it. Many people rationalize Dove's sexual relationships with employees. But Tina does have someone challenging her, her boyfriend Caleb. He'd been puttering around their apartment as Tina talked to one of our producers. But at a certain point, he came to the doorway and asked if he could join the conversation. 
Um, I don't know if my opinion is relevant at all, but some part of this story is that oh, it's hard for me. Oh yeah, it's Caleb. hard that she goes to a place where the boss dates his employees and actively says sexual shit to them all day. Yeah, it's really hard on me. It makes me sick to my stomach and it causes tension in our relationship. Yeah, it's been really hard. Babe. I love you. I hope you didn't mind me injecting now. I feel like it's a major part of the story. No, you feel fine. Come here, come here. I don't see it. It's hard. It has been hard because he doesn't understand that Dove doesn't hit on me. I am, I am, I am an exception to the rule. Right. I just really don't like that there's a rule. I don't like that you're the exception. I don't like that it's unusual that you're the one person who doesn't have some kind of romantic entanglement because I feel like what that leaves is essentially non-sexual romantic entanglement. It seems to work fine inside the office, but for people outside of the office thinking about it, it's a source of some pretty great tension. And what's interesting is you're sexual, you're hypersexual, you're a hypersexual yeah, man. But I don't date anyone who has ever worked for me in any capacity, even on a volunteer basis. And I we, think that's a line in the we sand. We thought about this because we worked together, that's how we met. We were in a play together, mm. we were acting together in a show. But you were working for me. There was no political architecture where I was above you. If you're somebody's boss and you say, "Will you please have sex with me?" and you then the, again, there are twenty other you people making mm. assumptions that he is the is the, the lead initiator? initiator in all these well, things. Well, he is certainly the point of it, right? I mean, people want to have sex with him so that they can get ahead in the company. And that's another thing. Don't you think some people just want to have sex with him because they're attracted to him and they want to be with him in a in a romantic, physical manner? It's not about power, Caleb. We're not all women. Don't think like that. Women don't think as much like that about as as men. Really? Yeah. I, I don't think, I, I don't, I, at least for me, I don't think that if I sleep with someone, I'm going to, I think that they're going to disrespect me more. I think that's, I think that's giving away my power. And I think it's giving away your power when you do shit like that. I think you have such a negative vision of Dove, just like everyone in the fucking world. And I keep telling you this, you don't work with him like I do. You are not there every day like I am. You don't see it. And yet you're throwing these ideas out like he's some sexual deviant that's running around jerking off on everything. I'm sorry. But we, he's not. He's building a company. We don't disagree about any facts in this story. Yes, he's building... We no, we don't. He's building a company. He has had sex with dozens of employees. You go to work there. We we agree. We There's no thing that I'm assuming that isn't a part of your narrative. We, we are looking at the same set of facts and I am having a strong negative emotional reaction. You're telling me it's unfounded because I don't see the specifics of the situation. But frankly, for me, it's enough to see the aerial view. It's enough to know that he's had sex with dozens of employees. I am very much not okay with that. And it seems to me like you are okay with that. Are you? I'm kind of okay with it, but I'm, I'm only okay with it because I'm, uh, I think we talked about this. Like, I, everyone has the right to choose what they want to do. We're grown-ups. People are choosing to do this. And Dove has some sort of magical, like, charming quality about him. That, like, people are drawn to him. If you think there's something wrong with it, don't get involved with it. But I would, maybe before I bow out, just like to point out that it doesn't need to be personally pressuring to be structurally pressuring. Like, there is such a thing as institutional pressure even if Dove is not being creepy and personally forcing women to have sex with him, he has set up an architecture in his life which applies inherent pressure to people who are a part of it. It seems like an abuse of power to me. It seems like inherently an abuse of power. Like it couldn't not be, even if there are situations where people are totally willing and don't feel abuse at all. There are gonna be people around the edges of that, even if they're as far away as me, 
who feel abused by the situation or disrespected. I vote no on supervisors having sex with multiple employees. There were people at American Apparel who shared Caleb's view, but they couldn't say anything. The power dynamics that Dove had created in the company were so imbalanced, few people could really stand up to Dove without risking their relationship with him. But we met one woman who challenged Dove throughout her career at American Apparel. We'll talk to her after the break. Welcome back to Startup. Tacey Webb, the woman who helped Dove build the retail side of American Apparel, joined the company in 2003. At the time, American Apparel wasn't a household name, but it was seeing a lot of success, growing rapidly. And Dove, he was young, he was rich, and he was surrounding himself with beautiful women. Tacey knew Dove was sleeping around, but she thought it was just a phase. He was the guy that couldn't get a date in high school, and he was this kind of lonely, very, very nerdy, socially awkward guy with thick glasses who wanted to be a cool American hip guy with lots of girlfriends. It was like a fantasy for him. An American t-shirt was like an American dream to Dove. But over time, Tacey began to see that Dove's behavior was a threat to the company. She told producer Luke Malone that she felt compelled to say something. I remember one time I said to him, Dove, you banged a thousand girls. (laughs) I don't know how many girls were in your high school, but like, slow down. You know, this is like, we gotta, we gotta set some boundaries here. (laughs) I hope that's not too crass, but those were the conversations, the very real conversations that I had with him as his friend and as his employee and as someone who wanted to protect the reputation of the company. And what would he say in response? We argued. He would say we were getting in a brother-sister quarrel. Dove doesn't feel he ever did anything wrong because he has a real disconnect about what is ethically and morally right and wrong in the workplace. Tacey kept hoping Dove would change. Then one day, she went to an art show with a couple of other women from American Apparel. We walk in, and it's like a packed show. And I see that one of the pieces is pornography, a line drawing in magenta. And there's a man having sex with two women. And it says American Apparel. Like a a large art piece over maybe three or four feet. Uh, in front of everyone at an art show. And we all walk in, all of like the leading women of American apparel. (laughs) So I bought the painting, and everyone was shocked that I bought the painting. But I bought it because I wanted it off the wall, and I was ashamed of it. I waited until the end of the show and took it to Dove's house. Like, we were all in that moment, like, is Dove going to freak out and hate it and, like, be embarrassed of it and sue the guy? 
or like denounce it or like say how awful it is, you know, or like what's going to happen. And they were all kind of afraid, like Tacey, just take it back to Portland or whatever, destroy it or what have you. Instead, I put it on the head of his bed. So when he walked into his bedroom that night, it was the first thing he saw. <gasps> and um, to me, it was kind of like, okay, here's where we're at. What you going to do? And he um, loved it. He loved it. He absolutely loved it. That was kind of a turning point, one of those moments where I could see that they're going to turn. Everybody's going to turn on top. Tacey started to see American Apparel's image suffer. There was a mean-spirited cartoon in a local paper where Tacey was trying to open a store a skit on Saturday Night Live about the sexual harassment charges. Sometimes, the criticism got personal. Once, Tacey was in a store where she saw a calendar mocking the women of American Apparel. Each page of the calendar was made to look like an American Apparel ad. The fake models each had a bio with some dark story about what it was like to work at the company. I looked through the calendar and I realized that most of those stories were based on real people at American Apparel. And I believe one of them was based on me. And so I think there was enough kind of stories out there about people at American Apparel and kind of how, what their role was or involvement was. And it was mocking. It was a, a calendar mocking the women of American Apparel. And so I feel like I went from being this like person that was helping to steer this revolutionary brand we're the daughters of the band, the bra generation, and just feeling like so bold and like that we could do no wrong. And we were these like powerful young women in fashion that were going to change things. And then just really feeling like not only were we being demeaned by our employer, potentially, but that that was becoming ingrained in pop culture. And that hurt. That really hurt. The public became more critical of American Apparel, and Tacey saw how that hurt the business. When she tried to open a retail store in Los Gatos, California, the town protested. There was a town hall meeting where they showed pictures of women scantily clad, and one man yelled, They're raping women at the factory! And I was... I had to defend... Dove, my friend, my employer, the brand that I loved and believed in, and it was extremely hard on me, like very hard on me. At a certain point, after many meetings like this, um, where I felt like we're getting run out of town, we couldn't even open a store <laughs> at certain locations. They wouldn't give us a lease because of images that were hung in American apparel and because of the stories that were starting to come out. And uh, that was the point where it became really dark. At the time, there were no public claims of rape against Dove. But to Tacey, it was clear. Dove's behavior was starting to put the business at risk. Many other people we spoke to shared her opinion. But when we asked Dove if his behavior hurt the business, 
His answer was unequivocal. No, it's, just, it's, it's an insulting question because there's no evidence that it did. It's a silly question. There's, this is a company that generated $5 billion in sales. Okay. How, how could, uh, how, how, how could have my personal life affected, affect in an adverse way, the company? It's not even in the realm of possibilities. Many people disagreed. Tacey told producer Luke Malone that she felt like someone needed to tell Dove, in no uncertain terms, stop having sex with your employees. I was very aware that I was older than most of, most of the women that were kind of experiencing these challenges with Dove. And I felt kind of obliged to be that voice for, for younger women, you know? And like, I always felt like I'm this tough-as-nails girl that's been around the block. I'm Dove's age. And I kind of came in being a business owner and feeling very much like his equal, that he hopefully had enough respect for me as somebody that was established in the apparel industry, to listen to me. I felt like I needed to be that voice for people who maybe didn't have a backup plan, who couldn't say something, who feared that they would lose their job for saying something. And how did that conversation go? Like, how did, where, where, where did you have that conversation? He was at the passport office. <laughs> and uh, I don't remember. I think he called me. And the conversation just increasingly escalated. And he was like very distracted initially. And he was like, it's my last day to get my passport. And Tacey like, nah, I can't deal with this right now. And I just said, well, you're going to have to deal with it. It was like, I think, you know, there had been yet another suit filed. And he was still kind of acting like it was going to go away and that it wasn't going to get any bigger. And it was like, it was a big, pretty much shouting match. And I, and I really wanted it to come from this heartfelt place where it's like, I don't want to be a threat to you. I want you to, you know, make sure that everybody's going to keep their jobs. Make sure that the mission of the company continues. Build this company. I told Dove in no uncertain terms that if his personal choices and his behaviors continued, that he would lose American Apparel, that American Apparel would be lost without him and his leadership, and that all of the jobs would be lost, mine, his, and everybody else's. And it's exactly what happened. Tacey left the company. She didn't like what American Apparel had become. It was 2010, several years before Dove was fired. In those years, more women came forward, saying Dove had sexually harassed them. And the allegations were more severe. We'll talk about them on the next episode of Startup. Startup is hosted by me, Lisa Chow. Our show is produced by Bruce Wallace, Luke Malone, Molly Messick, and Simone Palanen. Our senior producer is Caitlin Roberts. We are edited by Alex Bloomberg, 
Alexandra Johns, and Caitlin Kenny. Fact-checking by Michelle Harris. Special thanks to Rachel Strom and PJ Vogt. Mark Phillips wrote and performed our theme song. The new version of the theme song by the incomparable Bobby Lord. Build Buildings wrote and performed our special ad music. Original music by the band HotMoms.gov, which includes the Reverend John Delore, Jordan Scanella, Sam Merrick, Isamu McGregor, and Curtis Brewer. Music direction by Matthew Bull. Additional music by Tyler Strickland. Martin Peralta and Andrew Dunn mixed the episode. To subscribe to the podcast, go to iTunes or check out the Gimlet Media website, gimletmedia.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Startup. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.